So good morning listeners and welcome to Come and See Inspirations and this the 20th of March, it's the third Sunday of Lent. My name is John Keeley and help me to present the programme again today. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you Shane. Good morning John, August Big Fulcher Road, August Eve the Carter Quail, Big Fulcher Road, Quig and Glear on Shopton Shaw, Shopton Spechilta, August Mida Kilour and Arnospel Nashunta Dave Podrick. Welcome to the programme this week folks, a special week as here in Ireland we celebrate our National Apostle, St. Patrick, and in particular, we celebrate Shopton the Gwelga, which is the celebration of Irish language and culture. Thank you very much, Neil, for that welcome, Shane. And of course, that, that, that welcome is extended to those of our listeners who are housebound and lonely and struggling in some way today, especially our listeners who may be abroad, our listeners who, um, who might be remembering or would be remembering their home, uh, those people maybe in Australia, America, UK, wherever you are, uh, and you remember this this particular weekend, especially because, of course, your roots would have been here in Ireland with us. Uh, thanks again for those uh, for those listeners who support us each week in prayer. Just to remind listeners again, this podcast does include, or our podcast, do include interviews on faith topics, inspirational music, and reflecting on the Sunday Gospel. All of our podcasts can be heard at commonseeinspirations.buzzbrout.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations, you'll find us there. Um, we, we also had a blog which we kept going for many years or Shane kept going for many years and some of our earlier programs a lot of our earlier programs are available to be heard on there which is sacredspace102.blogspot.com also our, program is, our podcast is, is available on Spotify and iTunes and also on Facebook at Come and See Inspirations you can contact us if you wish, and please do so at 87 687 That's 087-6088-667 if you're resident here in Ireland, or abroad is 003538 687 687 Email us on com. Now, this part of the programme uh, will extend uh, a welcome again to Shane to share some saints for the week this week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So, as you said, uh, today is the third Sunday of Lent. And uh, so we are moving along. We're almost halfway through the Lenten series. And so for those of us praying the Psalter, it's week three. Um, so today is actually for those uh, that are preparing to be received into the church at Easter ceremonies. Today actually is the first scrutiny. So this is where um, people are... You know, they're celebrated as part of Masses for people that are preparing for baptism and reception into the church as the Easter Vigil. So Monday, the 21st of March, is the Feast of St. Enda on the Irish calendar. Now, Enda is very much associated, um, you know, he's one of the late great saints of the country. He's um, made a, a small foundation in County Loud studied in Scotland under Ninian, and then also set up a number of foundations in the Boyne Valley. But he's predominantly associated with the Aran Islands, where he died probably around, around 520. And he's considered one of the early models of the ascetic, of ascetic monasticism in Ireland. So that's saying to end, end that. On Tuesday the 22nd, a particular individual who I have an interest in is Blessed Clemens August von Gallen, he is known as the Line of Munster, as in not Munster in Ireland, now this is Munster in Germany. He was the uh, he was born of an old German noble family, ordained in 1904, 
And he was appointed the Bishop of Munster in 1933, and he was one of the fierce, uh, outspoken opponents of the Nazis during the war, and in particular, the Nazi program of euthanasia. Uh, he was created a cardinal priest in 1946, and on his return from Rome, after being invested with the with as a cardinal, he actually died in in Mar in, in March 19. He was he was he died March 1946. Um, it's an interesting one. I would definitely say to people, his is an interesting story. If you can get his hands, on, if you get your hands on his book, on um, the book, uh, there's a number of books about him. So that's Blessed Clemens Augusto von Gallum. Wednesday the 23rd is the feast day of Saint Tuburius of Montegrovojo. I think is how you pronounce it. Who died in 1606. He was a layman appointed Archbishop of Lima uh, uh, in Peru by King, King Philip II. And then he combated all the abuses of the conquerors in Peru and built up the church there. So a saint associated with South America. Thursday, the 24th, is the feast day of St. McCartan on the Irish calendar. Regarded as being one of the very earliest generation of saints in Ireland and is recognized as the first Bishop of Clogher. He is known as Patrick Strongman for his dedication and faithfulness. Obviously, um, uh, Friday the 25th is, of course, the solemnity, which is the Annunciation of the Lord. Of course, very much uh, Mary's yes to the invitation of a Gabriel to bear the Son of God. And then uh, Saturday the 26th, on the Irish calendar, we have Saint uh, Mokelloch of Kilmallock. We don't know a whole lot about him, except that he was an abbot of Kilmallock in Ireland, and he died in 639 AD. So that's what we have, John, in terms of liturgical odds and ends for this week. Okay, Shane, thanks a lot for that. Uh, just in terms of notices, uh, I've just got one myself, and that's in regard to... The continuing retreat, um, the Lenten mission, should, mission, should I say, in Mount St. Alphonsus in Limerick, uh, conducted by the Redemptors. That's after the 7.15 Mass uh, each Wednesday evening of Lent. The preachers are Father Lawrence Gallagher, Father Derek Meskel and Father Jerry Maloney. The mission can be heard online at novena.ie. Now, I believe the Lenten talks are still continuing, Shane, in Glenstall. Yeah, so the talks are continuing. So this... Sunday at perhaps four. Um, the, the talk is actually being given by Mac, Mark Patrick Hederman and it's the poetry of Lent. So they're available. Um, it's on in the, in, in the Abbey at Happus Four. It's on in the library at the Abbey at Happus Four. If you want to attend, you do have to register beforehand. It's just curious that they have no numbers and they do COVID checks and all that kind of thing. It can be watched online on the webcam from the Abbey and it's also recorded for those that wouldn't be able to catch it at 4.30. And then, as well as that, lately, what they have been doing is they've been putting the audio of the talks up on the Glenstall Abbey Facebook page as well for those that want to listen back. So this week's one could be interesting. Uh, Patrick Hederman is always um, a different way of viewing things and very much... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it always... It's an interesting one. He, he particularly delves into poetry and... and, and, from, and poetry of Lent. Uh, I'd be curious to see if that's actual poetry he does, or does he talk about <laughs> Lent, the season, and the poetry of the season. I'd be, uh, you know, it'd, be an interesting one, it'd be an interesting one to listen to. We'll all be glued into it. Thanks a lot for that, Shane. Okay, so now at this part of our podcast, uh, it's time to go for a, a press space, 
And today, uh, been the weekend that's in it, uh, there's a little prayer that we picked up. Um, it was actually recorded by the Salesians. It's St. Patrick's Breastplate Prayer. So we said we'll, we'll play that, and that's going to be followed by Angelina, and she'll be singing the Deer's Cry, St. Patrick's Breastplate. In part two of our podcast today, um, we're joined again by Father Michal Liston, of course. Father Michal is a great friend of the programme over the years. And in 2012, he gave us a lovely reflection uh, based on St. Patrick. So we said we'd repeat that again and broadcast uh, that this year, ten, 10 years later, actually, 2022. And it'll be followed by that beautiful piece of music by Frank Patterson, uh, How Glorious St. Patrick. So join us again anyway in part two, where we'll, we'll uh, listen to Father Michal. As I arise today, may the strength of God pilot me, the power of God uphold me, the wisdom of God guide me. May the eye of God look before me, the ear of God hear me, the word of God speak for me. May the hand of God protect me, the way of God lie before me, the shield of God defend me, the host of God save me. May Christ shield me today, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit, Christ when I stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Amen. God. 
God's eye to look before me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me. So now I'm playing a, a reflection for St. Patrick's Day given to us by Father Michael Liston, which was first shared with us on the 18th of March, 2012. I hope you enjoy this. Thank you for joining us. Would you, would you give us your own thoughts all around St. Patrick, please? Well, I'd be delighted to share. For me, St. Patrick is an, an extraordinary man. And we are very lucky to have some writings of his, of his own hand and his own mind. And I love the way he says very early on in his writing, I cannot stay silent 
because of all that God has done for me in his mercy. And his whole pours out then uh, a hymn of gratitude to God. It is extraordinary joy. And uh, then very early on he begins in, in his, the opening words of his letter, I, Patrick, a sinner, mm-hmm. unlettered, the least of all the faithful. And that sober note. And then he goes on and he, I suppose, a very modern picture of a young man. I was then about 16 years old. I did not know the true God. And for this reason, I was led in captivity to Ireland with so many thousands of people that since he had this, he, he didn't really know the living God and he turned away from the teaching of the Christian community. And then his extraordinary account of the captivity, the suffering, the isolation in a strange land, but then the instinct in him or the impulse of grace in him that turned him to prayer. And in prayer, he was reborn. And it is an extraordinary account of grace, account of a, a, a person feeling that his own life is being changed, transformed, being saved. And then, of course, the story goes on. We all know how he escaped home and then how later on, the, he had the voice of the Irish, come, O holy youth, and walk once more among us. Mm. And then that extraordinary story of how he comes back and how the gospel was preached in Ireland, not with the empire, not with the soldiers, but with this human being coming on his own with the grace of God. It's an extraordinary story. Mm. And then, of course, there was the isolation and loneliness and well, now, he did have, obviously, learned a lot of the language during his years of captivity, but still, he, he didn't feel he was learned uh, in that culture. Mm-hmm. But he had this extraordinary sense of that God's grace has not been idle, has not been in vain in me. That, mm-hmm. So maybe that's the first note I, I would strike about Patrick. He was a, he's a human being who had this great sense of gratitude to God and the joy for how God had loved him. Mm, that's a wonderful gift to have too, isn't it? Yes, and, mm. and, and in the middle of what you might, maybe not very uh, idyllic situations, but in the middle of all the messing and the captivity, the abuse, that his heart could burst with gratitude to God. Mm. That is extraordinary. And I suppose then, a second note that I love about St. Patrick's writing, he has this great sense of what has happened, what God has done through him. He has, says here, because I am exceedingly in debt to God, who granted me so great a grace that through me a whole people should be reborn in God and afterwards confirmed, and the cleric should be everywhere be ordained for them. That if for a people newly come to believe whom the Lord took from the utmost parts of the earth, as long ago he had admonished to his prophets. That this extraordinary sense of that he, he almost he felt physically he had seen the grace of God in the lives of human beings, changing them, transforming them, bringing a whole new, um, a whole new, I suppose, part of the body of Christ of God's people to life. And he had a, in a sense of, he says at one stage, as I have seen written, so I have seen happen. Mm. 
extraordinary sense of the power of the grace of God in the lives of people. Yeah, that was a lovely even phrase you used there, the grace of God. You saw the grace of God in others. Yes, and changing their lives and building them up. And he knew that he had himself given his whole life in exile, but at the same time, he had an extraordinary sense that everything was God's gift. That uh, his last line of his letter is, but rather, what's the name here? And now, to all who believe and hold God in reverence, should one of them condescend to inspect and accept this writing, put together in Ireland by Patrick, a mere unlettered sinner, this is my prayer. That if I have accomplished or brought to light any small part of God's purpose, no one shall ever accept that the credit is due to my own uneducated self, or rather, but regarded rather as a true fact to be firmly believed that it was all the gift of God. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. That, and that is my confession before I die. <laughs> yeah, very good. All the gift of God. Isn't that beautiful? It's really, it's, it's a whole um, conviction as to what human life is about and, and what human life can become. And that other, I suppose, a huge sense, I think, that we in Ireland today need to, I think, when we are now maybe in, our, in some ways in our own captivity, our own disappointment, our own humiliation, it is terribly important, I think, that we reflect in a deep way that we wouldn't let all this disappointment go for waste. Mm-hmm. But it would uh, maybe help us, like St. Patrick, to listen again to the still voice of God in our hearts. And that we would open our hearts to, to the, what God is saying to us. And St. Patrick has an extraordinary sense that he was personally spoken to by God. Oh, wonderful. That God addressed him personally. Now, I think there's a basic Christian uh, idea there that each one of us, whether we're minding pigs on a mountain or whether we're at home or driving a car or whether we're sick or whatever, the Lord Jesus has a personal word for your heart today and always. Now, wonderful to hear. And I think it's terribly important that we would have that sense of God wanting, and our present Pope is, is really good on this. God wants to have a personal conversation with each one of us. That's lovely. That's one of the lessons, so we can really take from Patrick there, you know. Oh, yes. That, 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 uh, that personal conversation. Yeah. That the Father sent Jesus to have a chat with us. Open up our hearts and give us a new sense of our own dignity. I think that's one of the basics that every, in so often today, we judge ourselves in all kinds of other ways, other measuring rods, success or money or health or good looks or celebrity. Whereas St. Patrick had a sense of uh, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christium. And each one of us has to recognize that Christ is with me. He is before me. He is behind me. He listens to me. And that is a vision of what a human being is, a friend of Jesus. And I'm sure maybe if St. Patrick was here working, walking the streets of West Limerick today, he'd be saying the same thing, Christ before me. Yes, and and in one sense, he had a sense that uh, he has no other support. 
He has no other security. Mm-hmm. He hasn't it in in an army or in protection or in celebrity or in money or whatever. But that was his support. And I think if we are to lay a firm foundation for a new beginning in Ireland, I think the, the word of Patrick, uh, sorry, Christ's word, the Patrick wants us to listen to, mm. that's the foundation. Mm. And it's a wonderful tradition that we have um, in this country to be able to remember a patron saint uh, this particular day and this weekend. And as you just said, maybe pick up some of the lessons that that, that, um, that Patrick has that are still coming through to us. And that one there, listen to God. Listen to the voice of God speaking to each one of us. Now, there is another, I think, before maybe a thousand things I could say about, but uh, okay. we think of all our own family and yeah. friends and neighbours who are in other countries. Yeah. And we give thanks for what they, in their exile, have brought to so many countries of the world, so many people. And we thank God where they have found grace and help and humanity in other countries. But I think we have a special call to today in the St. Patrick's Day to be aware of other people who have come among us from other countries. Mm-hmm. And like Patrick had been captured, had been if like, if like trafficked and abused and violence, we, we must respect everybody who is among us, their dignity, and, to, in even, and maybe if they are rejected by society, by others, God wants us to look on them with reverence. Mm-hmm. And I think that is uh, something we owe to Patrick, our patron. Beautiful. And as you know, uh, on this program, uh, we do have a podcast and it, it does go out worldwide. And as people listen to this uh, program, I know myself from various parts of the world. So if you wanted to say something, Father, to any of those people who might be listening in uh, to this um, to this reflection that you have about St. Patrick, is there anything special you'd like to say to them? Well, I suppose I would wish them well, uh, wish them good heart, and I suppose I would love if they could just quietly mm. think of Patrick, a young man in exile, in a mountain, minding pigs, and he having a choice to pray or not to pray, mm. to turn to God or not to bother. Maybe Think of Patrick and what he found in the tender kindness of the heart of our God. Maybe there is something there that the Lord, with his tender kindness, has a heart for you too. And for those of us who are still in Ireland today, we've got something to learn from Patrick, as you said early on. Yes, and I I suppose the, the, the thing I would... Maybe the word is depth or uh, uh, listening. Now, in one sense, God forgive me for saying Patrick was lucky. He didn't have any distractions at all. He was on his own in the the hills. Mm. But maybe we must find some place in our lives for silence, for uh, our own hearts, that, uh, that we would listen to our own hearts, I think, and give our hearts get that silence out of which the word comes. But we must we must have mercy on ourselves and, and find silence for our own hearts and listen to our own hearts. And that sense of hope too that, that you know that Patrick had and I mean Patrick was going through trying times, as you said, when he, he was living in Ireland. 
those people who are going through trying times at this particular moment obviously have something to pick up from Patrick too, I'd say? Well, uh, above, I, that's, uh, no, uh, um, I, I'm not supposed that we'll all, or any of that many of us will reach that excitement of Patrick about mm. what God has done in his life. But that beautiful line, what he has done for others, he can do for you. Mm. That, that, that tender kindness of God that has nothing to do with our achievements or even how good we are. It is just grow. It is just affection. It is just uh, our Father who has a heart for us. And, um, and we, we allow ourselves to be gathered by the gentle um, whisper of God's grace. And Father, as you know, I'm not very good now. In fact, I'm useless at, uh, at speaking in Irish, but maybe you'd like to say a few words there in the native tongue around St. Patrick? Well, I suppose one image that as a Limerick man and a parish or a pastor a lot, Patrick's well, mm-hmm. Tober Fodrig, and the well that Patrick brought us, is a well of grace, a well of faith, of hope, of love. Tober Fodrig, the well that never runs dry. Mm. And that we, we can come there and find uh, what he found, uh, God's mercy, the God's word, and the power that ge- the Spirit that gives us life. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the, the three. God is the interpersonal God, the family life of God that we are invited into to sit down at that fireside with, with the three persons of God. That is the invitation that always comes to us from Patrick and that there's a, as a well there of new life, Tubber Fodrig, for all of us. And I suppose, as you mentioned, wells there, Father, holy wells, I'm sure even those people abroad um, would remember many a time being taken and maybe, maybe to this day it's still um, doing the rounds at the well where St. Patrick was supposed to have uh, visited. Yes, and, and all that tradition of in the ordinary things when we step aside from the, the routine and we just pause and we just there uh, have a sense that the grace of God is that close to us. Lovely. Any final word now you'd like to say to us, Father, now as we, we leave this St. Patrick's Weekend reflection here in Sacred Space? Well, now, uh, it's just great that we are alive, mm. but I would hope that, oh yes, it's, I find it extraordinary that Irish people, I think we can be good at holding on to our hearts, uh, yeah, we are having, uh, having a good uh, cher- polishing up our chips. Yeah, we're very good at that. But, uh, but Patrick, in some way, had another grace, that he didn't allow... The, the abuse, the, the hurt that was done to him uh, block his life. Mm. But in some way, he received the grace from God to grow even out of all the wounds. And may our wounds may be wells of growth in us. Mm. Beautiful. And maybe just as you leave us there, Father, you might just give us um, a word of blessing maybe in Irish, please. Well, uh, we all we have that lovely salutation, Dies Miraguit, and the answer Dies Miraguit is Padraig. But I would like to, to pray uh, all that blessing of the Trinity, of the Shamrock, mm-hmm. that rich, warm, tender life that our uh, God uh, sent his Son among us to gather us all in to share that. 
and with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, with all the nations of the earth, good John and your forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Father. Right. Bye-bye you now. And now we can listen to Our Glorious St. Patrick, sung by Frank Patterson, accompanied by the Irish Philharmonic Orchestra.
Welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keely, still joined by Shane Ambrose. A delight again for us to um, be able to listen back to Father Michal Liston uh, as he shares uh, just a beautiful reflection for us on St. Patrick on this St. Patrick's weekend here in Ireland. So now it's time for us to go for our, our most important part of our programme where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. Before that, Shane helps us by praying this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, uh, for the third Sunday of Lent, is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verse 1 to 9. Some people have arrived and told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with that of their sacrifices. At this he said to them, Do you suppose these Galileans who suffered like that were greater sinners than any of the other Galileans? They were not, I tell you. No, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you suppose that they were not more guilty than all the other people living in Jerusalem? They were not, I tell you. No, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. He told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit in it, but found none. He said to the man who looked after the vineyard, Look, look here, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and finding none. Cut it down. Why should it be taken up the ground? So the man replied, Leave it one more year, and give me time to dig round it and manure it. It may bear fruit next year. If not, then you can cut it down. That's the Gospel for this week, Shane, for the third Sunday in Lent. If you thought it too, you might want to share with us, please. Uh, a toss. You won't get two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose it's we're progressing through Lent with Luke this year, and it's it's this week's Gospel is not exactly the easiest one to deal with. For me, I'm with the lecture this week. I'm afraid I had I focused in on the parable more than everything else, um, and the, the the parable of the fig tree. Now, the fig tree appears in, in a couple of the synoptics, um, so it's it's an interesting one from that from that perspective. Um, but I suppose one of the things that struck me about it is very much the idea that things need to be always held under review and kind of looked at and seeing just exactly, you know, do we get into a situation where maybe things are a bit too comfortable? You know, are we bearing the fruits that we're supposed to bear? You know, not necessarily to beat ourselves over the head with the branch of the fig tree, but to rather to look and see, are we making the most of the time that's been given to us? Um, you know, and maybe things need to be pruned. 
that's one thing that's you know and that's i suppose that's the more traditional understanding with lent is things might need to be pruned but the other side of it is maybe it needs nourishment you know if you take the example if you take the metaphor of the fig tree that's given to us uh, it might have been a case of that the fig tree might have needed to be pruned a little bit but it might have also needed a bit of fertilizer or potash you know so lint isn't just uh, necessarily punitive and about us beating ourselves over the head. Um, you know, as we said, when, you know, two weeks ago, when we had Father Frank on and we were talking about lint and preparation. And we said lint is almost like, you know, operation transformation for the soul. And, you know, operation transformation, it's not necessarily all about depriving yourself of the food, but it's all the other bits that have to go in to give you that lift up. So from a spiritual point of view, what is the nourishment that we are giving ourselves? You know, coming out of the dark of the winter, we're heading into, you know, things are getting a bit of a stretch in the day. Uh, the weather is a bit all over the shop, but it's, it's, getting, it's getting a bit warmer. And, you know, the question we'd have to ask ourselves is, where are we, like the fig tree, unwinding our buds and our leaves, trying to blossom? And maybe we do need a little extra nourishment to do that so it's one of the things we have to remember when you're talking about faith is it doesn't operate just purely on us it's all about that relationship um you know what what with god that we need to to make and in terms of nourishment like maybe do we need a bit more rest a bit more prayer maybe a bit more company um maybe a bit more exercise or a bit more time in nature the company one's an interesting one you know it's it's um it's we can, I, I, I've, I've had this conversation with a number of people where you can get too comfortable with your own company. And particularly after the lockdowns, some people, uh, they've almost withdrawn into themselves. And I suppose that's a danger that's there that we, we can become a bit more reclusive. So something for us to think about um, on, as, we, uh, you know, as we go along. But in terms of the fig tree as well, you know, it's also kind of a reminder to us that, you know, God comes along and asks us, well, what fruits have we produced? And ultimately, the decision at some stage will be made along the way, we'll cut it down. You know, it's, it's a little scary. It's a little traumatic. But that's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen at some time. Um, so it's something for all of us to consider and think about and ask, are we people who have put forward our best fruits? The other thing <laughs> to think about as well is um, the first section of that gospel is a little odd. There's various tragedies that happened at the time. And Jesus is basically making sure that people don't, there was, there's, there was a concept in Jewish life where you, you suffer due to sin. So Jesus is making the point that's not necessarily uh, the way it works. God isn't as you know, pernicious and uh, mean as that. But... In terms of something that, that recently uh, has come up a lot um, in terms of understanding sometimes what's happening in the world, there was a quote uh, which is taken from um, The Lord of the Rings, which is that famous book by J.R.R. Tolkien. And Tolkien actually was a strong Catholic. And there are many Christian overtones uh, to, to, to the books that he has written. There's a quote which has come up, and it's, it's, it's one of these ones which comes up down again on, on um, Facebook. And I thought it might be an interesting way just to finish out today's reflection. I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf, 
and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Food for thoughts there, Shane, as you finish off that reflection. Thank you very much, Neil, for that. Yeah, I, I, I was lucky enough to be able to attend Lecture Divina this week. It's the first time when we met after two years of lockdown. There was, uh, there was a few of us there socially distanced with masks on and so on and so forth. And it was certainly nice to be back uh, personally in the company of Father Frank again to, uh, as he shared his thoughts with us and a reflection on this week's um, Sunday Gospel. Um, what I took from the Sunday Gospel this particular week and, and, and thinking about it was in the second paragraph of today's Gospel we, uh, we, we hear about the fig tree being planted in the vineyard and Father Frank reminded us at our lecture at the Vienna uh, meeting during the week that being planted in the vineyard meant that this tree was planted in good soil and lecture invites us to apply the Gospel to our own lives so with the fig tree. We're planted on good soil. My own thoughts on that, like family upbringing, school and parish life, all contributed to the nourishing of our souls with Christ-like values. This gospel in this season of Lent asked us to examine the state of, of our tree. Are we connected with God? Are we living our lives with Christ-like values? Do we need to fertilize our tree to bear more fruit? The season of Lent invites us, as I said, to, to examine our tree by the way we live in our lives. Are we failing to treat our God or our neighbour as we should? This is the season for us to take time out and listen to what God is telling us about. And I'll finish off again with, with my good friend Michael de Vertai and, and a piece that he wrote this week. Lord, there was a time when we felt very vulnerable. One of our children had let us down. We were without a job. We realised we were getting old. We felt useless, as if someone had come to look at us, looking for fruit, and found none. As if we were merely taking up ground, and the only good thing we deserved was to be cut down and thrown away. We thank you, Lord, that such moments, at such moments you send us friends, not wishy-washy people who flatter us and pretend that we were without blame, but real friends like Jesus. They tell us that, yeah, indeed, we deserve to be cut down, but that it's not too late. We can still bear fruit in the future. And they promise to care for us and help us so that we can make a new start. I think it's a very encouraging way to, to finish off this particular week's um, podcast. So thanks a lot, Shane, for, for sharing those few thoughts with us today. It's nice to be able to listen to Father Michal again uh, after all those years. And uh, we can go out with a final piece of music today, which is one entitled Come Unto Me, and this is sung by Lucia Salomon. So for myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. And uh, again, share, the, share this podcast with as many friends as you like. Um, uh, as I said, it's available on Facebook, Come and See Inspirations, but there might be many people in various parts of the world who would like maybe to hear that lovely reflection of Father Mihal. So next week for myself and Shane, Bye for now. God bless. Come unto me, oh, hear the sound.
to me my child and father. 